Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Fellowship. On this episode, Chris sits down with his pastor, Sergio Limon, where they have great conversation I know you won't want to miss. So, here we go. Welcome in to The Fellowship. I want to start with a little warm-up, couple questions, yeah. just a little something fun, little goofy. But, uh, okay, if you had to be sidekick to one superhero, who would that be? Oh, wow. And now, does it have to be an existing sidekick? Or no. Could, you could make up a sidekick for somebody. You are whoever's sidekick, whoever's sidekick that you would want to be. Oh, man. Um you know, I, that that's a tough one. I'd have to go with Superman, maybe. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what my powers would be. <laughs> I would definitely want to have some powers. I don't want to be Jimmy Olsen, you know, and right. him having to rescue me. But um, I've always been guy. down. Yeah, I've always been down with Soup. So maybe I could be his cousin from Krypton, East Krypton or something. I don't know. And, <laughs> Lower East Krypton. Yeah, and, and just, you know, whatever. But yeah, I was like Soup. Cool, cool. All right. If you had to coach one, we'll go with current athlete. Ooh, if I had to coach one current athlete, I mean, I think you'd have to go with Steph Curry. Okay. Uh, and the reason that is is because he's such a team guy. I mean, he went from being the uh, league MVP to taking a step back for the sake of the team and allowing Durant to come in and, you know, take the spotlight. And now that Durant's been hurt, we've seen him come back up, step yeah. up. So I just love his, his ability to put the team above his ego and stuff. That's good. Cool. All right, and then on the flip side, if you had to be coached by one coach, any coach in history, wow, I'll let it be open, coached by one coach. Wow, well, uh, one coach uh, wouldn't be Phil Jackson because I ain't into all that chakra <laughs> stuff, so it would, definitely wouldn't be him. Um, if if anybody, and this is going to shock some people because I'm a Raider guy, but I love what Bill Belichick does with no matter who's on his team. He knows how to get the best out of them. Mm. And when you look through his teams for the last, you know, 10 years or however long he's been doing it, there's been interchangeable parts on that team. Of course, sure. the, the mainstay being Tom Brady. But, <laughs> you know, whoever is a receiver, they pull somebody from obscurity and all of a sudden they, they start, you know, doing great in the NFL. And I, I attribute that to his coaching. There you go. I would have said pop, but pretty much for the same reasons. Hmm, that's so true. Very, very similar in yeah. the way he coaches and whatnot. Yeah, you give him whoever, and he's going to make a good team over that. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, so one of the reasons I kind of made those, you know, fun questions is because in fellowship, right, you're either alongside somebody, you're leading somebody, that's good. or you're being led by somebody. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, um you know one and, and it's funny because uh when we started our relationship our fellowship it was very much uh closer to being alongside yeah you know we weren't i wasn't under your ministry yet right. you know um there was a little bit of mentorship and stuff yeah. going on yeah. um but it's evolved into more of a you know i'm i'm serving under Absolutely, you yeah and uh you know that that relationship has grown a lot um but in your life so how would you define what what fellowship is 
Well, you know, fellowship is is something so important to to people out there, and we've got to learn to place a proper value on it. Because for me, man, it's been life yeah. to where uh, it allows me insight and access into people's lives that. I care about number one, and that also care about me. But the, you know, it allows me access into uh, the riches that every person has in their life. You know, yeah. and I often uh, talk about this, and we preach about it in our church. And it's one of our, our core values. How in the kingdom, the Bible says that um, the kingdom of God is like a field, and in that field is a treasure but we have to purchase the field in order to get the treasure and everybody's like that that's what it's like in the kingdom so you know every every person has good traits and then they have a field (laughs) every every person has treasure in them and so fellowship allows us to go beyond maybe just the outward things or what we see like the field is the part you see and when you sit down with somebody and you get to know them you can locate the treasures Mm. You know, and For you can sure. dig deeper, and uh, I think that's what is is awesome about why the Bible talks about fellowship being so important. Yeah. So growing up, or um, like I know for me, I, I grew up, you know, in church seventeen times a week. Totally. You know, uh, yeah. so fellowship. And even that, it doesn't look like what it looks like to me today. Right. Um, what did it look like for you in your in your upbringing? Um, you know, that's a great question. I think, you know, as I look back, my, my grandfather, and you know, you I have pictures. Uh, you <laughs> sent me a picture not too long ago of my grandfather dedicating you in one of his churches, which just blows my mind. Uh, and it talks about this generational blessing in, 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 in the kingdom and how it works. Um, but, you know, um, my grandfather being a pastor and then my parents being Christians mm-hmm. um, and in high school yet I fell away and people say well well, how did that really happen and I've always said this I think as much as I had values and I had a good family and things the one thing missing from my life in my teenage years is was proper fellowship mm. because we were the type of Christians that went to church you know we we went maybe not every sunday but we went on wednesday nights and we just never had a uh, regular attendance my dad yeah. worked 6 days a week and sunday was his only day off and he would just be like man i'm i'm going to sleep in or we're going to do this and that so we never were that regular attending family mm-hmm. we never plugged in gotcha. you know we went to church mm-hmm. and it's part of why I believe what I believe now. If we would have had an outlet for fellowship and plugging into the local body, I may have never experienced some of the things and the mistakes I made in my teenage years. Hmm. And so for me, I didn't have that. And I wasn't rooted in the house of God. And so it was easy for me to seek fellowship in if with, neg- with you know, I don't want to call them negative people, but people that didn't know God. For sure. And then I was susceptible to all that was going out, going on in their lives, you know? Yeah, definitely. So in my journey, I see it as super valuable. So when I gave my life to the Lord at 19, the first thing I know that I needed to do, I said, I'm plugging into church. Yeah. And I remember having conversations with my, my parents and they're like, you know, you, you don't need to go, you know, every, <laughs> every time I'm like, no, you don't get it. I need this. Yeah. I need to, you know? And, uh, uh, so that, that's, that's been the thing that's kept me in my walk since I made my own, uh, you know, uh, decision to follow Christ is the fellowship. Yeah. That's huge. So, you know, w- one of the things that I, I love about 
serving with you and, and under you is um, I've I've seen and, and been on teams where the only relationship that I that I have with the people that I'm serving um, is very like nine to five this is your office time mm, and, yeah. and, and that's it and one of the things I love about um, serving with you is that it's very much you know i I'm, i feel like i'm a part of fellowship yeah. with you it's yeah. not just this not just because we don't have an office or anything yet no, but absolutely. because the way that we function we really try to do life you know yeah, together life together i know that's kind of a cliche yeah. and, and millennial believers right now say that or <laughs> hashtag that we're doing life together but yeah you're right that is a great description of how we try to do things um at our church especially with those that are working on staff with us and are are, are taking up parts of the vision we do this together it's a yeah. life thing it's not just what we do on sundays uh you know, we start our staff meetings many times. Tell us what God's doing in you guys. What's God been doing? Who got a new car? Who got a promotion? And let's celebrate and let's, you know, let's be a part of that. Because um, I think that is the, the secret sauce that that really makes things happen. And again, it goes alongside the theme of your, your podcast, which is fellowship. We've got to teach people to value that aspect of their life and build proper fellowship with the right people. Yeah, and I think one cool thing that I, I see in your life is that, um, and, and maybe you can expand on this a little bit, but you fellowship a lot with other pastors, yes. other people in ministry. Like, how does that look like in your life, you know, being connected to um, not just local pastors, yeah. but, you know, pastors across well, the globe? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it actually is something that I've had to learn to value yeah. and put uh, put place a value on so that I don't make excuses not to do it. Hmm. Um, and that's and that's something that I, I think again going back to when I got saved I've learned that that is the that's the secret sauce how to how to keep yourself going is to surround yourself with the right people and I know a lot of leadership people say that and and those types of things but you need to place value on it and so you know just yesterday uh, we were we took a drive out to Lodi and met with some pastors that pastor a church in uh, Hillmar which is the other side of Turlock, you know, and I've known them for a number of years and, and they were just, you know, reached out and said, Hey man, we, we're, we're out here in the country. I think they're in Hillmar. I think it's a uh, 5,000, 6,000 people in that community, <laughs> you know? So this great couple is that I've known for years as pastoring out there. They just, Hey, we just want to connect. So we cleared some time in our schedule and we said, let's go because if they need to connect, we want to connect. Anybody wants to connect, I'm down. And so we went and, you know, we went to just really encourage them. But man, my wife and I were so encouraged through it. It was a blessing to us. It's somebody else um, that is doing some amazing things that has equipment and and uh, sees life because of their experience. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even tell you what it must be like to pastor a church <laughs> in, a, in a town that small. For sure. And there's equipment that they have to be able to do that, that in that conversation, I was able to kind of dig out some of that treasure and, and uh, you know, and, and, and apply to my own life. So... Um, yeah, I always value that. Um, everything I do in the nations is uh, based around relationships. And, you know, the funny thing, Chris, is the kingdom of God works through relationship. Yeah. And it seems like right now in Western Christianity, um, we're deficient in that, you know. And most churches, you know, the mega church happened, started happening in the 80s. But if you talk to anybody that's a part of those things, they're really trying to find roads to encourage fellowship yeah. because they're realizing okay we're in the same room 
from 9 to 11, but there's no fellowship going on, that's going to make for weak churches, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, and so, yeah, so my wife and I really place a lot of value. I, I'll fly, you know, we'll get plane tickets and go stay a night just to go and fellowship with my pastors uh, in El Paso, and it costs us. But we make sure we do it twice a year. We make it happen, you yeah. know, because if you don't make it happen, it's too easy to just go, well, I don't have time. For sure. You know, and that's everybody out there. Yeah. You know, I'm sure at times you guys, are, you and Aubrey are so busy. For sure. And let's just be honest, when you're tired, you don't want to, you don't want to sit down with anybody. Right. No matter how much you love them, you know, <laughs> uh, it's kind of what happens with, you know, uh, in families and things. It's yeah. not that anybody's mad, but man, we're all just tired. Yeah. So we've tried to really place proper fellowship at the forefront of, of what we do for God, you know, yeah. in, in this, in the kingdom thing. Cause it's a refreshing thing. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And that's really cool. Cause I, like I said, I, I've, I see it as someone who serves under you and, and, and alongside you. Like I see, you know, the value that you place on it. Um, and it's, again, it's in a sense, almost a lost art. Yeah. And, and, and it's not easy, <laughs> you know, I mean, um, uh, you know, we're talking about it, but man, there's t- times my wife and I don't feel like we get to get around you guys enough, For sure, you know, and the rest of the team and, and people in, in church and stuff, because it is, man, it's the secret sauce. Yeah. It is the stuff that makes life worth living. Um, and, and, you know, we, we've got to value people, you yeah. know, and when you value people, you understand that no matter who they are, there are things inside of them that can bless your life. Yeah. And you know? I, I think too, like, uh, like you said, Western Christianity is a little, little funky. Yeah, and we we have this mentality. Just in, I mean, American general, like, it's it's about what am I going to get? Hmm. And when you're so focused on what I'm going to get, you don't think about I need to connect. I just need to go to service, get my yeah. blessing, and then go home. Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole concept <laughs> of picking where you go to church. Yeah, is is something that's not kingdom. You know, um, and Jesus, you know, the, the, the incredible thing about what Jesus did when he walked the earth, he preached the kingdom. And what he was trying to tell us is uh, under there's a new covenant and it works different mm-hmm. than what y'all have been under. And one of the things that he changes uh, in the new covenant is our identity. Uh, and I've said this so many times when you read the scriptures, Jesus came to empower us mm-hmm. to to not just be consumers but to be producers, yeah, you know, and he talks about the parables and, and the parable of the wicked servant. The wicked servant was the one that didn't produce because God had made him a producer. And just like you said, in Western Christianity right now, everything's consuming. Well, I'm going to go to this church that has the best this, this, and this, mm-hmm. you know, and where's the Christ-likeness in that when you're just taking from folks? For sure. You know, um, uh, we're producers in the kingdom. That means, you know, we're the salt of the earth, the light of the world. He gets to put us places. That's the first thing. He's the king in the kingdom. So he gets to tell me what church I'm supposed to go to. He gets to reveal to me, I'm supposed to be this place at this job with these people. And um, I think that's the first thing we've got to learn about in Western Christianity is you know, we say this is kind of a motto on our missions trips. It's not about you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that the quickest way as an individual, you learn that my life's not about me. It's it's the key to freedom. It is. It's you know? huge. Yeah. It's huge. Um, so you've been in ministry for, what, 20 plus 27 years? 27 years. Yeah. It'll be 28 this year, man. Wow. Been very, very fortunate, you know, and I don't, I don't take it lightly. 
I started out with guys greater than me, and a lot of them ain't ain't around anymore. Yeah, you know. And so uh, God's been good. Yeah. So maybe you can kind of touch on that a little bit, like um, in that season of ministry, in this that season of ministry, yeah. but this life of ministry right. that you've been doing. Um, how have you seen? We talk about fellowship, you know, and to break it down in a in a very simple way, fellowship at the core of it is who are you in relationship with? Yes. Who are you doing life with? Is your community exactly? Yeah. And so, how have you seen that? Both the good and bad, like well, in that in this time. What I love about uh, fellowship within the body of Christ is when you find out number one where God wants you to be at church at. You know, yeah. there's tons of great churches uh, on your podcast. You've had a ton of great pastors in our area and in different places uh, that have amazing churches sure. and are doing amazing things. But that might not be where God wants you to be, you know. And so I think for, for believers that are out there, and it's something we try to put in, in those that we disciple at our church is, man, find the voice of God. Mm. Find out how to hear from the voice of God and then learn to follow that voice. Because one of the biggest blessings of my life is is learning where God wanted me to be and then having the ability from him to stay where he wanted me to be. Because uh, one of the cool things about going to church is church will expose you. Going to the right church will expose you to people that you would have never chosen yeah. to be your friend. Yeah. You know, uh, when you when you when God shows you what church you're in and he shows you, hey, I want you to be here and I want you to be faithful. And then you begin to open up to the community that's there. Church has exposed me to people that I would have never picked to be my friend, (laughs) you know, and because of that, uh, my life has been so enriched by that. Yeah. You know, and you think about that, Chris, sometimes uh, we trust in our flesh too much. For sure. If I pick my friends. I'm only going to pick people that are soulish or I have fleshly relations, you know, type things. Yeah, with. yeah. Oh, I'm only going to hang out with people that like sports. I'm only going to like hang out with people that like the Raiders. Come on, yeah. you know, uh, or, you know, or movies that I like. Yeah. And although we do need friends that we can kick it with For like sure. that, man, do you know how many friends I've made and people in my community at my church that we don't share the same interests? For sure. But when I'm around them, I'm enriched by their experience or I'm enriched by how uh, how they live their life or I learn a new thing from from somebody that if we would have just met on the street, I would have been like, man, I don't like that guy. <laughs> right. You know, we have nothing in common. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so for me, church has is an amazing vehicle to expose us to people that aren't like us. Yeah. And I, we need that. Yeah. What's really cool is like something you touched on is that... Um, we have to look for what, what church is God calling us yes. to. And, you know, Jesse and I talked about this. We had a very similar experience when we first really rededicated our lives to Christ is that the people in those churches that we started out in yeah. were not like us. Right. They were not, you right. know, more urban culture, whatever yeah. the case is. Didn't and like the same music or sure. style or anything. Yeah. They didn't like my Lolo. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, but those are some of the closest friends I have, even to this day. Absolutely. Because I, I just said, you know what? God wants me here. Yep. I, I feel that. So he's going to bring the people around me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's huge. You know, so many times, um, especially as ministers, like we hear people give us 128 reasons why they can't connect yeah. with people at church. Right. 
And and I think too, people got to understand what your pastor is trying to do when they foster, uh, when they're trying to foster these events for you to get around other people, whether yeah. it be a connect group or they or they do life groups or they say, hey, plug into a a, a, a area of service. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to create areas where you can get to know people at a different level and people that you probably wouldn't pick to be your friend. And I'm so grateful that I allow God to pick my friends through where he puts me rather than me just picking the people that I want to hang out with. Because man, my life would be, you know, it might be a lot of fun, but there have been, there's individuals in my life that have changed my life Mm. just through their experience. And, and I would have never, I would have never picked them to be in my circle but because we're put in that through the body that we we fellowship with and where we worship man it's it's been an amazing thing it's been amazing it's affected my kids and and i've heard you know i listened to one of your podcasts with uh, i think it was carlos and you talked about how the church uh their relationships that became close like family with you yeah. um you know those are the things that are supposed to happen but i think too many times again we don't value uh fellowship and we also uh, are allowing the wrong aspect of our lives to pick our friends. Yeah. You know? For sure. We, we're, we're, we're only trying to pick fun friends. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. we need those. For I mean, sure. I'm a fun, I like to have fun. For sure. And everybody on our staff is basically people we can have fun with. Absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't make it on our team. <laughs> yeah. If you're not, if I can't have fun with you, we, yeah. we, we should be doing life together. So it's important, but it's not, it's not the only yeah, it's, it's not, not everything. It's not everything, you know. Uh, it, we can have fun, but what, what's going to happen when I'm going through something? Mm-hmm. Can you, can you know, are you just the jokester? Well, I don't want a jokester when, you know, I'm going through something. Yeah. I want somebody wise. I want somebody that's going to lift my head. I want someone that's going to be an encourager, you know. And so we don't always get that from yeah. the friends that we pick out of our soul or you know just through interest yeah so churches a church has done a great church is a great vehicle to find those type of friends if absolutely. you if you allow that to happen absolutely so uh, and, and I, that's actually kind of goes into my next question is you know um what do you say to somebody when they start giving you the you know like I said we, we've yeah. counseled people a number of times that yeah. you know for xyz reasons I'm just, I can't find anybody in the church. And, you know, it's crazy. I've talked to pastors who are pastoring at, you know, thousands of people. Yeah. And some that are pastoring in 10, 20 people. Yeah. And they all have people in their congregation that say, oh, there's just, there's nobody in the body that I can connect to. Yeah. See, again, that is um, people that are looking to consume. Yeah. Because Jesus, the Bible puts it on us. He who has friends must first be himself friendly. Mm. Um, It's never anybody's responsibility to be your friend. It's your responsibility to go out and be friendly. You know, and I had a guy tell me years ago, it's something he does with his friend, with his kids. His kid came home one day and he's like, hey, I'm I'm having no, I'm having a hard time making friends at school. Mm -hmm. So he said, son. Here, take a pack of gum tomorrow, and here's what you do. You, uh, when you find somebody you want to be a friend with, you offer them some gum, and you pay them a compliment. Hey, I like your shoes. And his son goes, well, what's that going to do? He goes, everybody likes compliments, and everybody likes gum. 
and you take it from there. And he said his kid, his son came home with a bunch of friends at the end of the week. That's cool. And it was just simple like that. When you got to understand the power is in my hands to make friends. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's, I really, I really think it's that simple. Yeah. You know, but number one, pride keeps us from. You know, we want people to come to us. Yeah. You know, and I think the other thing is fear of rejection. <laughs> For sure. Which instills from your life. The greatest blessings are on the other side of, of rejection. Yeah. You know. For sure. The greatest the greatest things we'll just face the fear of being rejected. Uh, people's lives can change dramatically. You know. So. The other side of that story is that they, they all got detention together yeah, because they weren't. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Well, they all had fresh breath though. Yeah. You know, and felt a little bit better about themselves. Right. So, that's true. It, it just comes that down to that. You yeah. Know, be you know be friendly, man. Give out compliments. For sure. You know just. There's a lot of hate out there, you know? So, don't be worried about it, though. No, I don't be worried about it, but, you know, uh, just get out there yeah. and, and give some compliments out and encourage people. Everybody needs that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, something that I wanted to talk about, I really wanted to expand on, um, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier just in hanging out. Um, one thing that we do, I think we do an awesome job on, and I think... Something I was taught, everything comes from, from the top. Like in, in ministry, everything comes from the top. And I know you guys really honor your pastors yeah. um, out in Texas and, and really it really flows down. Like, you know, uh, I'm confident that I, that I honor you guys a lot. Yeah, and, totally. uh, <laughs> you do. Um, but, and I think that that's, some, that's a missing ingredient in fellowship. Like, how do you see honor playing out in fellowship? Yeah. You know, it, again, it goes back to what Jesus is trying to teach us. You know, uh, he's trying to teach us under the new covenant. Everything about you has to change. Mm -hmm. The way you think has to change. And one of the things about the, the kingdom of God is it is a culture of honor. It's, you know, uh, Danny Silk wrote a great book about that called The Culture of Honor years ago. And that book really impacted us because in a lot of ways uh, we've been, we'd seen and been around ministries that they didn't have that. Yeah. And, and we've also felt the sting of not being honored as leaders, but then not being honored as individuals in the church that were serving in departments or were helping to carry the vision. And so when, when you experience that, and you're on, you get an opportunity to now be a leader, you know, I thank God for those experiences because it's made us better because we remember how it feels to be under somebody that, yeah, you know, wasn't really good at showing honor, mm -hmm. you know, to people. And, and uh, um, you don't forget those things. Yeah. And so it's really become part of our DNA to be that type of people to where everybody deserves honor. I mean, that's what the kingdom of God is about. That's what Jesus' message was, whether it's a homeless person or whether it's the president. Now, you know, we've got people in our nation right now. I mean, our nation right now is just a nation of dishonor. Yeah. Um, we don't honor police officers no more. Yeah. We don't honor people in authority. It's it's kind of the end thing to go to work and talk bad about your boss, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's the leader of the organization. He's the leader of your department, and there's no honor. And, um, and when that begins to seep from uh, your job, it goes into your family. 
and this is the first one of the first generation well maybe the first generation where kids cuss out their parents <laughs> you know uh, it's, I was just talking to a friend of mine she posted she's a um, I think a second the third or second grade teacher and she said that when she started the school year she had kids cussing her out and giving her the middle finger second grade right because there's no <laughs> second grade there's no concept of honor for authority uh, you know you can go on YouTube Excuse me, and you can go and, and there's videos of teachers getting beat up by students. Uh, you know, all these types of things. So, honor is a, is a big uh, value for us because it, I really believe it is how heaven works. Yeah. God honors us; He doesn't have to. He includes us in in the in the uh, in, in the party. You know, He says, "Go out in the highways and byways and get people into the party." You know, we're salvation. The life in Christ is a life where we get to enjoy, and He gives us that honor. And again freely you receive freely give and so we've really tried to incorporate that in our body and, and, and we're getting it because you know people are coming in and uh, you know okay it's one thing to honor the pastor but do you honor the head usher mm-hmm. or do you give them dirty looks when they tell you hey you can't sit here and move you over here you know you gotta, you gotta honor that you know yeah. and we want to be sensitive because people are coming from a, a culture in America that honors nobody except for you know entertainers and athletes and for sure. uh, and then they come into the house of God and it has to be something that we learn you know it's not most people aren't coming in with those mentalities nowadays so one of the ways we, we teach it is we model it yeah you know so it's huge um, so but we were talking about this earlier it's really easy for us to or it's easier for us to honor our leaders honor our like department heads honor those that uh, you know in a higher authority than us yeah um what does it look like to to honor your peers like honor your friends you know how, because those things those are i think keys to, to building yeah. fellowships and building relationships yeah you know there's, there's levels to this thing like you said you know uh, the bible's real clear about honoring those in authority but it doesn't stop there yeah you know there there are people you know that might honor my wife and i you know and look at us and um honor us to our face mm-hmm. but then they don't honor those that we put in authority, you know, department heads or something. So there's another tier of honor people have to learn. But then, then those that are in those authority levels, do they honor those that are under them? And and and, and uh, you know, people that work in departments. You know, we're talking about church life now, or, or, or work with coworkers even. Um, how do you honor your coworker? You know, I think it all starts with you know. A lot of times, dishonor comes through the mouth. Mm. You know, gossip. Yeah, gossip is a killer, man. Gossip is something that uh, it, it, it destroys honor. Because you know, you've ever walked into a room and you knew somebody was talking about you. <laughs> you didn't hear it. Yeah. But it carries an atmosphere. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's one of the biggest things. So to, to answer your question, what does it look like to, to honor your peers and stuff? Talk good about folks. Yeah. Quit talking about people. Don't don't hate on people. Don't you know, tear them down behind their back. Mm. If we could learn to control our mouths uh, with people that maybe we don't hit it off with, for sure, or people that we don't agree with, or people, you know, if we can just learn to control our mouth, that's really where honor will come from. Yeah. You know? And then I think the second thing is to, to really exercise love for people um, and and pray for them. Yeah, It's gonna help you honor them. Yeah, for sure. Well, well um, 
man, I think there, there's just a lot to that. Just like I said, honoring people. And I think you really hit it on the head. Like it, it stems from love. Yeah. Like you, it's hard to dishonor somebody. It really is. The, the, that I love. Yeah. Um, or I can't really say that I really love them if I do dishonor them. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what God ultimately calls us to. Yeah. Love Him with everything that we got, and love our neighbors the same. And, and you know, this what makes that so possible because what is it that gets us away from that? It's when we get all up in our feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, our feelings then many times want to dictate how we feel about somebody. But when you get God's word, you hide God's word in your heart. That's always going to, you know, the Bible says the word of God is the anchor to your soul. Yeah. It's our soul that pulls us into dishonor. Mm. You know, like we're good right now, but, you know, I hurt your feelings tomorrow. And you fall all of a sudden feeling, man, what a jerk. Why did he do that? And then, hey, you know, guess what? This person did this. And then we moved, we left honor we went into dishonor. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's something that we need to be careful of, you know, uh, allowing our feelings to take us down roads. Uh, to be honest. Don't be listening to too many Drake songs. That's right. Your natural <laughs> feelings, all right, Kiki? But, um, you know, uh, the thing about it is when, when you really think about it, feelings will destroy fellowship. Mm. Yeah. Destroy fellowship. Feelings yeah. have destroyed marriages. For sure. The biggest liar in your life is your feelings. Yeah. Feelings, because of how you feel, you'll start believing this person doesn't love me. Mm. It's not that I don't love you. Maybe I just had a bad day. Yeah. Maybe my own issues caused me to be rude to you that day. Mm. Doesn't mean I don't love you. You know what it means? It means I got issues. It means I need to work on my anger. It means I need to work on, you know, treating people better. Yeah. But if we listen to our feelings, man, it destroys fellowship. Yeah. You know? So we've got to be real careful with that. And that's why we got to have a life founded in the word and we've got a fellowship with people that are about the word for sure you know uh, again I think fellowship is one of the cornerstones of living a strong Christian life absolutely you know you gotta have people that aren't afraid to tell you like it is check you on your Facebook posts and why are you, why are you saying that and why are you what's going on and where were you last night I mean that's what fellowship is really about fellowship is not just about who you have coffee with absolutely it's about who who you know is questioning you yeah there should be people that's what true fellowship really is who who do you allow to tell you you're wrong yeah that's huge who do you allow to question your motives yeah you know there has to be people that see things different than you and and that you allow uh, them to be able to tell you when you're wrong yeah yeah that's huge yeah I mean it, it's hard to it, it's very much in a sense pointless if you're not allowing those people that you're doing life with to speak into you and yeah. to do those things you know or to be there for you you know it, it's hard to, one one of my biggest pet peeves with um, fellowship is uh, when you build a relationship with somebody and you know I you, you say I love you I trust you right. you're my boy you know whatever the case is yeah. you know and when I'm going through hard stuff I just keep it Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, right. and I don't want to share it and whatnot. Like, yeah. hey, are, are we really, are we really boys? Are we really, you know, because I, to quote another Drake love, uh, song, I think it's <laughs> fake love. Yeah, 
You know, it's, it's, it's fake love. As long as we're not singing no new friends. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> that's, that's a dumb statement right there. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyways, it, it, it is. It's, it's false fellowship. I think that's a big, I think that's a term that you, you got to see there. There's there's real fellowship and there's false fellowship. Yeah. There's soulish fellowship. There's fleshly fellowship. Yeah. Where people just gather together and, and it produce nothing but fun and a good time. For sure. That has its place. But man, give me some guys I could be around and that I that can speak into my life and that we can we can lean on each other in tough times. Absolutely. That's how you make it. That's that's how you make it. You know, I'm so glad that I've had friends that when I was going through it with my wife, they didn't just say, Well, you need to leave her. <laughs> Put up with that. Right. I'm so glad. Yeah. You know, because there's some people that they get they have For sure. That. For sure. But there's people that because they have the word in them too, they're like, No, you know what? You're the one that's wrong in this. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing this right. It's not her, it's you. Yeah. You know, and for anybody listening to this podcast, who in your life can tell you that? Yeah. And I guarantee you for the majority of people they have nobody. And that's sad. I'll never forget uh, when we were in Texas, uh, one of the pastors there was telling us a story about he called his mentor and his and his wife were arguing about something and his mentor said, Well, what did your wife say? He goes, Well well she told me not to do it. I said, Why are you talking to me? <laughs> and then he called his other mentor and he was like, What did your wife say? Well she told me what and what did your other mentor say? Well they told me to listen about wife. Why are you calling me? Why are you calling me? Right? <laughs> and you know, it's sad that that you know, for most people they don't have people like that. Yeah. You and I both know people that are are down until like you said, they're going through something, then they want to cut everybody off. Yeah. You know. We, we need a lot better understanding of what fellowship is and, and what it can do. It is, it is something that the Word of God, the New Covenant, Book of Acts, talks about was a strength of the disciples at that time. Yeah. And as we said, Western Christianity uh, is trying. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to say you know, it's terrible at it. They're, 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 we're trying. We're yeah. trying to, yeah. get it, but it has to be something that people understand they want. Uh, our need, I should say. And it also has to be something that, um, you know, we get over rejection and fear. For That's sure. the number one thing that keeps people from going to a connect group or or a, a, a any type of church meeting. Yeah. Is they're afraid, you know, people are going to you know, talk to them. Yeah. You know, or they're not going to connect with them. And we're going to get over fear. Yeah. You know? It's huge. Well, thanks, Pastor, so much for uh, yeah, just taking absolutely. this time, man. I, uh, you know, love you. I appreciate you. Yeah, and you're I, doing I, I an amazing. You know. You're doing an amazing job. I, I, I tune in and, and get to hear, you know, you, you asking great questions and stuff. But I think the the, the real thing that I think uh, you're blessing people by was giving them some things to think about about who they're hanging out with. Yeah, because fellowship's important, but it's got to be God ordained fellowship. You know, I really believe. Uh, there are people in every season of your life that God positions to be there for you and your position to be there for them. Yeah, you that's know? huge. And it's sad when people are, are going through horrendous, horrendous experiences by themselves simply because they've never built that in to their existence. Yeah. So, you know, people that listen out there, get involved in your church uh, and allow God to show you and reveal to you who your friends are. Stop picking your friends. <laughs> you know, have some friends that you like to kick it with, but you got to get beyond just hanging out with people that please your flesh and uh, let God 
introduce you to a whole new group of people just through plugging in yeah. or serving on a team, you know, uh, being a part of children's or youth or something. Get around some people that you probably would have never picked to be your friend and see how your life can be enhanced. Not only that, and how you can enhance good. their lives through your experience and stuff. So, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, bro. Pastor uh, Elevate Life Church here in uh, South Sac. Which we have one of the most incredible children's ministries. Because <laughs> Chris and Aubrey put their heart and soul into uh, everything we do with kids every year. And man, it's a blessing. I'm honored that you would call me pastor. And man, I, it, it has been such a great experience having you in our church. And uh, getting to be, getting to see, have a front row seat about what God's going to do through your life. And I know this podcast is, a, is something you just jumped out to be, to bless people with. So, man, kudos, bro. Yeah. Thanks. If they want to follow you, they can uh, Elevate One. Elevate One on Instagram. And then, of course, Serge LeVon on Facebook for all the old timers. You know, old timers on All the OGs. OGs. And, uh, and the super you, OGs are on Twitter. That's, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And then you can also go over and download. I want to encourage everybody to download our church app absolutely church sacramento we have a lot of great content on there and uh cool it's good to have good to be on here yeah and make sure to check out the uh, elc radio program man that's awesome you know another thing for for people to get connected to and be encouraged in their week so just another tool yeah yeah so thanks again all right man god bless hey thanks again for tuning in to the fellowship podcast i know this was an awesome one psl dropped some gems for us all so make sure you stay tuned in. We got a surprise guest on the next one. So make sure you follow us and be ready for some fire.